and welcome to Work Smarter, Not Harder, a podcast produced by Darshana Inc. Today we're going to talk about skills, the common denominator, the new book of Asha. Please listen to this podcast and enjoy. Thank you. Thank you, Annalisa. I appreciate that. I am so excited to be here today and talk with the Darshan community. Um, as you shared, my name is Asha Arvandakshan. I'm the author of Skills, the Common Denominator, and I'm also working in a technology company called Sprinkler as a vice president of operations. Um, my career has primarily been in operations. I've been able to work in the private sector, public sector, and nonprofit sector. Um, in different functional areas, helping them to scale. And I also completed my MBA at MIT Sloan uh, five years ago. So that was an exciting um, career pivot that I made and helped me come to work in startups. We love that. Uh, we are really close to MIT since our founders were uh, both graduates from the uh, PhD program as well. Uh, so we are really close also because we work with Algorand Blockchain, uh, who was created by, by Silvia Micali, who's a professor there of cryptography. So it's really, really nice to have you here and to t uh, talk about your book and your experience. Um, I The first question I want to ask you is, why did you write this book and why now? Absolutely. So when I started writing the book in the fall of 2020, we were six months into the global pandemic and we saw job loss at an unprecedented rate, you know, in our history, you know, 20% of the workforce had been let go of their jobs in March of 2020, just to give you a sense of the size of the problem. And I thought, oh my gosh, all these people are now going to have to look for jobs and they have to do it from home because we're all you know, stuck at home in 2020 and they, they don't know how to network online. You know, how can I help them? How can I leverage you know, research that I've done about job searches and the future of work? How can I leverage my own experiences in finding a job a few years prior? And also the experience of others that I've talked to about a job search. And so that's how it started. The project was to help the people who had lost their jobs um, at the start of the pandemic. By the time I published the book in September of 2021, the story had changed. The great resignation started and we were seeing 3% of the workforce now voluntarily leaving their jobs. And that has continued every month since then. And in April, it was at the highest percentage so far. It's not stopping. So these folks that have left the workforce in the last six to seven months, they're doing it because they're seeking work-life balance. They're seeking alignment between the values they have and the values of the company. And they're really putting an emphasis on culture. And so I hope that with these people that are leaving the workforce and looking to find this happiness, that they'll look at what they bring to the table in as far as their transferable skills and the book can help them with those examples and it, and provide them with the examples of where they can go next. I see that. Um, well, 
when you talk about the great resignation, um, most of us were affected, right? Um, I was affected as well. Um, I also transitioned and pivot my career uh, when the pandemic uh, not only started, but after the pandemic. And I found Web3, for example. I always been in marketing. I always been in sales. Uh, I always been creative as well. But uh, stores, you know, I, w I work for fashion. So stores started to close. I didn't know what to do. And I found myself in that same situation that you're describing. And also, I this, I looked past, like, in my life. And I made that analysis and said, wow, I was really under a lot of stress. And now I, I'm putting everything in perspective. And I see I do need a life. I, knew, I need family. I need friends. But I also need to be happy in my, in my jobs and what I do. So I transferred those skills into something new that is, uh, for me, Web3. And that's amazing that uh, you wrote this book. It's really, really helpful for people to really identify um, their qualities and their skills and how to transfer those. So uh, my next question for you is, what do you expect? What do you hope people get out, get out of your book? Absolutely. So I think your story, Annalise, is amazing, right? The fact that you took the moment to pause and reflect on what made you happy, what didn't make you happy. A lot of people don't do that. The fact that you, you also took the, you know, what also you were interested in and where you could leverage your, your previous success. A lot of people don't do that. So I hope that listeners today will take the time to reflect and take stock of their skills and what they hope to get out of the next role so that they can be happy because everyone should be happy in their day-to-day. -day. You know, we spend more hours working than we do with our families and then we do sleeping, right? And so we deserve to, to find happiness there. And so I hope with the book, I have, you know, these 25 stories of people that have pivoted careers and they have an average of six pivots each. So that's 150 reference points of career pivots that you can identify with. You know, you may start a story and say, oh, I don't, I, you know, I wasn't a lawyer. This story doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, that lawyer becomes an entrepreneur and that that may be more interesting to you and how she did that. Or, you know, we have an engineer who decided to become a venture capitalist and he started from scratch to do that. He didn't he hadn't you know, he didn't know anything about venture capital when he took on that initiative to start his own fund. And so with the stories that are presented, I want you to read them and to see yourself in their shoes. And with those examples, you'll be able to identify your own transferable skills. The first 14 chapters at the end, they have here are three transferable skills from the story and where this person used the transferable skills. So you can really start to write down, do I have this skill or do I want this skill? And then as you start to collect that inventory of your skills, you can then articulate to others the skills that you have, that you like using, and, that, and how you want to use them in the future. And then as you progress in your career and you're able to hire other people to join your team, or maybe in a, even in a volunteer activity, bring on additional volunteers, you can start to look at people's skills as and think of them holistically, what they're bringing to the table versus just where they went to school or where they worked previously. So I hope to change not just the individual's mind, but the people who are in the positions to make hiring decisions 
um, change their minds also. That's amazing. So what I understand is that your book is not only about leveling up in your career, but also leveling up in life. So yes, that absolutely. Is, yes, that's amazing. And I'm so uh, happy to hear that this book is not only for talent, but also for recruiters when or for entrepreneurs, for companies, when you are hiring. Um, take a look, uh, take a look of the talent that there is like out there, right? Of, about their skills. So that's what we are trying to do at Darshana. We're trying to empower this talent uh, to get hired and to recognize these skills. So I think it would be great to give some of our community your book. <laughs> I think it would yes, be- Yes, no, and, and to that point, there's a whole, the last chapter is actually called Advice for Employers. Oh, I, I, I love that. So because- yes, um, also I heard that you wanted to make the first translation of your book in Spanish. That's right. It's very important to me to have, you know, translations of the book. And the first one I want to do is Spanish. So I hope to do, you know, start working on that after the audiobook comes out. And the audiobook should be out this summer. That's amazing. I actually bought uh, the uh, Audible book because since I'm working all day, I just like to listen to podcasts. So, okay. yes, <laughs> uh, I'm really excited. Um For everybody out there, I also am going to pin the link for um, your website so they can go by or they can check out your podcast as well, all your interviews. Yes. Thank you. My next question for you is, what do you mean when you talk about transferable skills and why is it so important to know about this? Absolutely. So skills, they can be bucketed into multiple categories. You know, when we hear these terms, you know, in, in the media and in news, hard skills, soft skills, life skills, and job skills. And in the stories that, you know, of the people that I interviewed, I, you know, I could hear these skills and I could bucket them this way. But, you know, I thought for the reader, the ultimate grouping or categorization of these skills was transferable skills. And transferable skills are skills that you gain in one context, whether that's work, school, volunteer, or any other extracurricular activity, and then you use it in another context. So one of the example that I love to share is that you may be an individual contributor at work. That means that you're part of a team, you don't manage anyone, you do your work, and then you work collectively with others to get a project done. But outside of work, you might be a leader in your community organization or your church. And that's great. You know, that leadership that you're showing outside of the workplace should count for something. And so you just need to be able to talk about it and articulate your accomplishments as a volunteer leader in a way that your manager can see that you're actually ready for that next level and next challenge in the workplace. And, and, you know, we talked before, Annalisa, about managers, you know, recognizing skills. And this is important because they need to recognize that skills are not just what you do day to day on the job in front of them, but it's, you know, how, what you're doing in your life. And you need to be thinking about holistically. That's right. Uh, so you take the experience of uh, real life people and you analyze that and write it down. Who is in this book? What um, is diverse? 
Absolutely, they're diverse. I worked very hard to make sure that I had people that were from different races, ages, genders, socioeconomic status, from different parts of the to the world and different walks of life. And there, as with an average, you know, changes in their career of six pivots, and that's between different industries, different countries, different functional areas. Some people use grad school to make the pivot. So if you're considering, you know, going to get your MBA or a, or a law degree um, or an or PhD, you can see stories of people who obtained these types of degrees and how they made career changes before and after. So a lot of different variety. And what I'm finding is when people read the story, they're not attached to the the color of the person or the age of the person, they're really attached to the story. They're like, you know, I grew up in Boston like this person, or, you know, my parents, they were artistic like this person, or, you know, I, you know, I had a role model like this person did. That's really what they really attached to. So I'm glad that they have, you know, really rich and diverse stories that I can share and that people are identifying with them. For sure, it's the best way to really uh, get the truth out of something and for people to engage better with the story is that the diversity that that your book offers. Um, I applaud you for that. That's really, really cool that you took all of this perspective in, into consideration. Um, so I wanted to ask you, we were talking about the pandemic and the great resignation. How do you think uh, the global pandemic impact, impacted job searches? Yeah, it really, it opened up opportunity for job searchers. What the pandemic did by forcing everyone to work from home and for companies to adjust to supporting workers who are now remote was opened up the opportunity for them to hire people from really anywhere in the world to come work for them. And you as the job searcher, you all of a sudden were not restricted by some geographic distance from your home to an office, but really the power of your internet to connect and work for a company that's willing to hire you, you know, across the country or around the world. I know a story of someone who saw a position for a company that's headquartered in New York, and she actually lives in Europe, but she messaged the hiring manager and said, I saw you're hiring this position. I am well qualified for it. I think you should consider me. And the hiring manager was like, sure, let's have an interview and let me hear how qualified you are. Realized that she was really qualified and then offered her the role. And she's able to work in that role from Europe for the New York company. So that's a great example of a manager who wasn't like, I need to have somebody in New York or in the United States or North America, but I'm going to get the best talent in the world to come work on my team. And so I hope we can hear and share more stories like that because that is the opportunity that's in front of us. Hybrid work is here to stay. And this opportunity that job seekers have right now, it's unprecedented. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. As well, uh, the ability or the skill for a manager to be flexible, uh, for a founder to be flexible, to have a contingency plan when um, something happens, like a pandemic, and really being able to like to listen what's going on to make decisions that that it, that takes a lot and um, 
I appreciate that you shared that story because most of people in our, in our community are from all over the world. We have people from South America, we have people from Asia, we have people from Africa, and they all want to work remotely. Also because uh, there are more opportunities uh, paid in US dollars or even in crypto that are uh, the headquarters in the Silicon Valley, but they 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 can work remotely and they can gain more than they could gain in their own country. So it's like opportunity to level up as well in their career lives and uh, to have a, a better paying job. So thank you so much for sharing the story. Um, what are the most drastic changes you have seen in the labor sector after the pandemic? Uh, this is from the talent uh, perspective and also from the hiring perspective. Absolutely. So related to the previous question and answer, you know, this hybrid environment is here to stay. And I feel like employers are not handling it as best as they could because they are trying to get employees back into the office. And they're not hearing that employees want flexibility to work from home when they want to and go into the office when they want to. So that I think is where the the jury is still out on, on what is going to be the success story for a hybrid work environment. Um, you also have, you know, on the extreme end, some companies who have said, we're never going back to the office. We're always going to be remote. And they have, you know, made changes like get rid of their physical offices and written, you know, policies on, you know, how many days a person can spend in a different country or a different state um, to just, you know, so that they can bring everyone together, at, you know, periodic times throughout the year as a team. So they have some face-to-face -face interaction. So somewhere in the middle is the right answer. Um, I'm seeing, you know, some companies, they have are forcing people to come back to work and then using that as a way to call their staff. You know, they don't want to do a layoff. They don't want to let people go. But by forcing people to come back to work and people saying no, they're voluntarily quitting. So unfortunately, things like that are happening. I don't think they're, that's right, but it's reality. And so people need to really know that they are in a strong position to make a decision on what they want to do with their lives and their careers. You know, again, you know, this podcast name, Work Harder, Work Smarter, is, you know, is all about finding that balance that makes you happy. Exactly. Uh, we completely align in your perspective and your view of what's happening right now in the world. That's why we also created Darshana to help uh, diverse talent find their dream job, whatever this is. Um, especially if like you're not feel you're not feeling that you're being listening, listened to. So, for example, people that want to work remotely and they are forced to go into an office, uh, even when they have health conditions or something like that in their countries, is uh, crazy. So we're just trying to find um, the perfect match for these diverse talent into the uh, work workforce. So uh, can you give us three top skills that you analyze research to build meaningful relationships and be able to land your dream job? Sure thing. So three top skills to build meaningful relationships would be active listening, fellowship, and mentorship. And I'm going to tell you a little about 
the people in the book who embodied these skills so that you as listeners can see if you can do that also to build more meaningful relationships in your career journey. So with the first one of active listening, I tell the story of Lindsay Farrell. She is our PhD student who worked at nonprofits during her PhD and is now a professor. Um, actually, she just switched from the University of Pennsylvania to MIT. And what we saw was Lindsay learned active listening techniques in her studies as an anthropologist. And then she used that when she was working with nonprofits, taking notes in meetings, making sure that people, you know, were not just talking over each other, because you know how meetings can get sometimes, but they're actually hearing each other and understanding how to move a solution forward to help the problems that they're trying to solve and the constituents that they're trying to serve. And so this is even more important in today's digital age where we're just overloaded with so much information, so many conversations. I mean, back-to-back -back Zoom meetings all day long. It's really important to pay attention and really listen to one another. And I have to say, it's one of the reasons I you know, wanted to do this Twitter space with Darshana because I feel like we can really focus on the conversation and connect the dots to what we're each trying to do to in our job search, in our hiring, just to move the ball forward. For fellowship, I tell the story of Jennifer Leighton Guzman, who when she graduated college, was unable to find a job. And she got the advice to volunteer while she was going through her job search. And that made a huge difference for her. So she started volunteering, and one of those volunteer roles turned into her full-time job. She also um, had moved to a new city and she wanted to find people who shared a commonality with her. So she created an alumni chapter of the university that we both went to in the city that she was living in. And the university helped her find the other people, other alumni, and they started meeting regularly. And I think it's been about you know 10, to 15 years since she started that group and it still exists. So the fellowship angle there is, you know, through that commonality, she's able to find a community and they support each other and they, you know, can help each other move forward. You know, today we're here work to work smarter, not harder. And we're able to do that together because we share this common interest around the job hunt and career development. And so just know like the job search should not be a one person effort. It should be a team sport. And we're all in this together, supporting each other and helping each other. Finally, on the last uh, skill that I mentioned of mentorship, I tell the story of Ajime Aramosole. She started out as an experienced consultant working with a management consulting firm. And then she actually went to go work for the New York Times, major newspaper globally, to create a customer experience function. It, you know, and it had a, some difficulty in you know actually getting the work done right she felt like she was you know seeking alignment from the stakeholders in the company you know getting you know doing research to make sure that they were touching all the right departments but then when it came time to do the actual work she was giving it to those departments versus doing it herself she then goes to a startup and in that transition she talks to her mentors the mentors not only within the company but outside of the company. And they guide her to roles 
that are in startups because they say she can own more and she can not only make the recommendations for the changes that need to happen, but she can actually do the work to get it done. And that's what she did. She ended up joining an early stage startup. She took on a role where she had more responsibility and she found that career happiness. And it's so exciting because she's she was able to listen to the guidance and not just get scared or turned off by what people were saying because it was something she was uncomfortable with or unfamiliar with, but she she went towards it and she found her happiness. So I hope, you know, that all of this said, like these examples in the book are there to help show you it is possible. You can use your skills to find career happiness. Oh my God, that's amazing. So everybody in the audience who is listening right now, um, remember active listening, fellowship and mentorship. And I love how the last example embodies the active listening and the fellowship and in transforming to mentorship. It's so amazing uh, to hear these experiences and to get inspired and motivated to go go out there and get your dream job. And you need to do it with this guidance, right? Um, exactly. Amazing. Thank you so much, Asha, for joining us today. It's really been a pleasure to hear you out, to read your book, And for everybody here in this, uh, I, here in this space, we can pin and share your book, but I would love for you to say, where can we find your book? Where, where can, we, can we buy it? Thanks for asking, Annalisa. So everybody can find the book. It's called Skills, the Common Denominator on Amazon. It's in a, over a dozen countries where it's sold as an ebook, a paperback, or a hardcover. As I mentioned, the audiobook will be available in the summertime. If you use Goodreads to track your books, it's also on Goodreads. You can add it to your bookshelf. So I hope hopefully you'll find it online and, and read it and leave a review if you like it. I'd really appreciate that. Thank you, everyone who listened to our space. Work smarter, not harder with Asha today. Please go and subscribe, like the channel. If you like it, share with your family and friends. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.